Welcome to Pod Me If You Can, I'm David Farrell. And I'm Lloyd Hughes. And today's film is Noah. We always discuss films with spoilers in mind, so if you haven't seen Noah or uh, you want to avoid the biblical story, we're going to be discussing the film uh, in some detail and don't want to ruin the ending for you if you don't already know how it ends. It is kind of a predictable story, as uh, (laughs) one of the more well-known stories from the Bible, but we're going to be discussing the things that weren't in the Bible. There are are things that go through Noah's head, and and it's it's all really interesting. Yeah. Um, Just off topic to start with, Lloyd... uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Michael Bay produced film. It, it has a trailer now. We've been worried about this for a while. You've mentioned that uh, Michael Bay might be ruining your childhood. <laughs> uh, well, I heard it was going to be um, the Ninja Turtles were going to come from space, but I think they abandoned that idea. Yeah, the Ninja Turtles trailer sort of it got so much uh, negative feedback, rather, the film, uh, when they mentioned the whole space element. But it looks like they were manufacturing them. Yep, that's William right. William Fitchner's character, um, who people might know from heaps of things, but he was in um, The Dark Knight at the beginning in the bank scene, if you don't know who he is. He looks like he's, he was manufacturing yeah. the Ninja Turtles, making heroes. It's uh, heavily CGI'd, as we'd expect it to be. I pr- personally prefer the Jim Henson puppetry of the first one. I think that's, especially Splinter, I think that's gone unrivaled for a long time. So I love the first Ninja Turtles. In fact, I think it's one of the best comic book adaptations ever put to movies. Um, and I, I, I think this will bring in a new generation into Ninja Turtles. Uh, and I think they're going to make a lot of money, but it's probably not going to be something that I'm going to look forward to. Like it made none of our list in films that we were looking forward to in the podcast episodes. That's true. And yeah. for those who don't know, we do episodes about the film's upcoming movies that we're looking forward to. Yeah. I, I, I would have thought... That each incarnation of Ninja Turtles just means new toys, really. Yeah, that's right, yeah. The the cartoon series has recently seen a big revival, and I think they've done well with that, and it's only natural to make a live-action movie. Um, and I guess it's just credit to the people who've handled the franchise that it's survived, you know, what, three decades now? It's pretty impressive. Yeah, exactly that. All right, we'll move on to Noah. <laughs> But we'll stay with CGI because I want to talk about these giant rock angels <laughs> that uh, that you see. Lloyd, what do you think of them just as a start? That This is a pretty crazy thing to include in a biblical story, these big CGI alien, uh, yeah, alien well, angels. Yeah, I think people had a bit of issues with that. Um, I, I personally thought it wove into the story pretty well. Uh, they seem to have a lot of character and emotions, particularly when you started hearing them talk. Um, but at first, when you see it, you just think, is this based on the Bible still? Like, is this, <laughs> you know, I, I don't recall any of these sto- any of these characters in the stories of the Bible. Yeah, but I mean, the issue of how he builds the ark has to be resolved. So yeah. it's one of those things where it's sort of almost a necessary evil. You can't really have him just work on it for the rest of his life. Yep. They did jump time really well, I thought. Yeah. Um, Look, I I went into this not really caring. Um, I didn't think it would be great. I I wasn't, you know... uh, Well, I I like Darren Aronofsky. He does divide people. But this is one of those things where I sort of went, Oh, Noah, okay, you know. um, Very well-known story. Very kind of... I'd seen this... There's more than 20 different TV commercials running for it. So I've seen multiple versions of, you know, shots from the film and stuff like that. Yes. Uh, I feel like I've seen the whole film. Some of the 60-second commercials they were running have almost the whole kind of, you know, 
build an arc. Here's what's going to happen. Oh, that's you know, a shame. I, I didn't see any of that. I, I came into this movie pretty fresh. A good one. Yeah, nice. But, I mean, a lot of stuff, it sort of felt like they got all the arc stuff out of the way halfway through the film. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so the pacing was interesting because then you get all this aftermath of, and um, we'll get into it, but whether or not they're the last humans sort of thing. <laughs> um, I watched it opening night, Lloyd, 9.30 p.m. Yep. Two other people in the session. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I watched this on Friday night at 9.30 and it was only a handful of people in the cinema. But no Friday walkout. Friday night's the second, the second night it opened yep. in Australia. Yeah. Because movies come out on Thursdays in Australia. Yeah. For all our international listeners. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I went in not caring and I found myself finding less and less I hated about it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I guess the kind of initial detachment and I think Russell Crowe's performance was really good. Yeah, he's excellent in the movie. He's This is the thing. Yeah. yeah. It's in, I, it's such an interesting character, Noah, because he's like a 900 years old or something according to the Bible. I think he was about like 300 years old when he was building the Ark. So it's a character beyond our understanding of typical, you know, human characters. Like it's... I, it's a fairy tale story for starters, you know, the whole thing. So it, you just have to wrap your mind around that sort of thing and then get used to the world. <laughs> so hang on, was everyone was he aging very slowly in 900 years old you mentioned? Uh, just according to the Bible, he died at 900 years old and I think he made the ark at 300 and his sons okay. were already 100 years old. So I, I so don't, then- don't know how that looks physically. I was just thinking with the whole incest repopulate the earth yeah. thing. I guess if they were all aging slowly or whatever the case may be. Yep. Um, you know, you just say miracles for whatever and it answers any questions. Um, because he's aging very slowly, they can afford to have heaps and heaps and heaps of kids. And, you know, the kids having kids and whatever, like yep. they can keep repopulating the earth if they've got 900 years each. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. <laughs> All right, so Lloyd, initial thoughts, you jump in. Well, all right, so this is based from the brief passages of the book Genesis. I don't know if you've read that. Like, I I just uh, recently this morning opened it up on uh, the website and was reading brief passages, and I cannot believe how you can extrapolate a whole movie just from these brief sentences. It's a pretty... Um, pretty big feat of, <laughs> you know. Based on the paragraph, this. <laughs> yeah. And cinema's actually had a very intimate relationship with religious stories. The art form has allowed the spectacular stories to be realized uh, visually. I remember watching The Ten Commandments when I was very little and was blown away by the special effects. They, like, haunted me forever. Like, you know, you remember the parting of the seas and I think it was the yeah. green mist that came in. I-, I just remember the color green for some reason. It just haunted me forever. I think Darren Aronofsky as you said is an incredible talent one of the very best in the world at his craft Requiem for a Dream um, especially which you either hate it or love it but you cannot deny how well that movie is made with the music and the the haunting like it will the images will leave you um, after watching that and I actually thought Noah was an incredible movie I actually only have one issue with the movie which we will get to but I just want to say it's so incredible that a mainstream audience is uh, are watching this film the use of modern cgi effects can really bring the incredible stories of mythology 
religion to the big screen like i'm still waiting for a proper greek mythology movie to be made not like the crap like clash of the titans with one of our favorite actors starring in the film (laughs) (laughs) i think the best bible story that was made was the last temptation of christ uh recently sorry uh made by the master martin scorsese and i actually have the blu-ray criterion i can't wait to watch it again and that came out in the late 80s since then we had the passion of christ by mel gibson which was a huge hit but it never really um brought back the bible stories like i thought it would um most of them have fallen into made for tv movies like the ones that are made in like new zealand not to put down films made in new zealand of course but those made for tv movies which obviously have a budget constraint to it they unfortunately haven't been on the scale of ben-hur samson delilah the king of kings which were the mainstream epics back in the day sort of like our marvel superheroes and batman are our epics of today and i don't know if noah um by aronofsky will bring it back i, I don't think it will um Neither although I. yeah uh, you're saying it did um 40 million um it's done more than 44 million uh, at the time of us recording yeah this. yeah I, I, yeah so I, I don't know how successful this will be and it's heavily marketed but i don't think it'll bring back the bible stories which is a shame because the modern um special effects can really bring these stories to fruition you know you will see some things you've never seen before um and, th- and if you're doing like for each paragraph of the bible yeah. as a movie there's a lot to get through exactly um, I, I think Aronofsky had huge respect for the material and he poured all of his craft into the movie. I, I think it was really well made. Um, he's actually an atheist himself, um, which is really interesting. Yeah. Uh, this movie has had huge issues with religious groups and it's going to have even more. You d- it just comes with the territory if you're going to deal with a subject matter like this. All I can say is if you've got religious ties to this movie, try and separate yourself from them and see- try to see this movie as an adaptation of a fable or something. And I know that's easier said than done. I think the world this film creates is excellent it's so mythical and the emotions the terror and hardships the character endure seem real especially the landscape at the beginning that scorched earth like it's like the beginning of the book of eli um, oh that was horrendous yeah, yeah. it was like you know how they're no uh, not nomads but people just moving from this scorched earth to another like uh, almost like a mad maxian type of world Yep. Uh, I want to say again that mainstream audiences seeing these images that seem right out of Dante's Inferno is pretty amazing. Like an animal being torn apart by hungry people, a girl being trampled on, an innocent girl, mind you. And of course, the scene where people try desperately to hang onto a rock island as the sea bashes against them. And mm. Noah and his family sit and have to hear their screams of terror. This is just wow to the effect of, you know, to quote Bill Murray from Ghostbusters of biblical proportions. <laughs> um, there is quite a bit of criticism to the lord of the rings like battle in this movie um i personally didn't mind it you know the clash between the gods and desperate people but my biggest issue with the movie is when tubal kane who's played by ray winston um that, that's not how you say his name it can't be ray winstone is it ray winston yeah it must be winston it can't be because that's the same name oh no 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 that, you're not right like winston from ghostbusters yeah i was thinking winston from ghostbusters winston. <laughs> uh when he gets on board the ship and recovers and has a hokey showdown with noah i thought that yeah. was so disgusting i was like i don't think this is in the bible and the motivation of ham didn't seem real that he would nurse his enemy just to stab him in the back again and i don't know uh, a bit sluggish i think, I think at it's, the end, it's yeah. be- it becomes very unbelievable that whole uh, nursing his enemy thing because you know emma watson's pregnant before she gets on the ark she becomes pregnant so then when she's on the ark she has the babies and that's nine months later so if you assuming humans have babies at the same speed back in this uh time (laughs) 
Um, so pretty much if he's nursing him back to health for nine months, you feel like he would have more moments of, what am I doing? Yeah, exactly. Kind of- more reflection moments. It's just, yeah. I, I just didn't find that whole part believable. And I think it could have done without it. And the focus could have been more on Willie kill the baby, the relationship between that sort of thing, rather, and, and speed through that a little bit. Because it, it just seemed to get really sluggish at that part. It adds another sort of string to the guitar or whatever, like another thing for the audience to care about, though, because it, if it's just about the babies, then it might be not enough. Yeah. You know, you're just waiting for the, you know, there's there's nothing happening, no sinister looming thing for Noah. Yeah. Like you think, you know, <clears throat> it's hard to say. Yeah, that's right. Um, I thought it added like a another interesting thing going on because... By that point, the floods happened. You know, yeah. you're, are you just waiting for to see her give birth and then what the kids are going to be? Uh, becomes twins. Spoilers, guys. You were told at the head. <laughs> um, for me, I am getting a little bit tired of Russell Crowe playing these iconic characters. You know, he's sort of Robin Hood or Noah, Gladiator. Um, yeah, Glad- Gladiator is kind of a big iconic one. He's most well known for, but it's one of those things where. I'd like to see Russell Crowe play a character I've never heard of, you know, in a film where I'm I'm, I'm discovering that character as I go, I guess. Sure, yeah. Um, Maybe he's so, been packaged too much in that area. But uh, nevertheless, I, think, I still think he's just very good at what he does, you know, just, yeah. Yeah, and you mentioned earlier Greek uh, epics. Mm. Um, I was just going to ask whether or not you'd seen the trailer for Hercules. No, that's with The Rock, yeah? Yeah, with The Rock. How does it look? Well... It's pretty wordless, um, which doesn't bode well for The Rock's performance in that... <laughs> I, I like The hear. Rock. I just want to get that out of the way. I, I think Dwayne Johnson's a, lot, a very charismatic and funny guy. <laughs> oh, don't, don't get me wrong. The Rock is awesome. Yeah. The, um, <laughs> the thing is, it's going to be Conan the Barbarian sort of-esque because the... Uh, well, all right. If you've seen the Disney animated Hercules... Yeah. Um, it shares many kind of similar stories with that, where he goes and proves himself to be um, a hero kind of thing by fighting these Greek mythological creatures, you know, multiple-headed dragons, Excellent. and there's a giant giant lion, and uh, the trailer teases all these sort of fights. Yeah. Where, you know, it shows him dealing with these massive beasts and charging towards this warthog-looking thing um, <laughs> fearlessly, uh, which is all going to be awesome. The action's going to be handled perfectly, I can imagine. The um, the other stuff you see, you see armies, you see a girl go to embrace him. Uh, all the in-between stuff is what I'm worried about. And at the end of the trailer, he just yells, I am Hercules. So <laughs> Cool. Um, it, it looks kind of cool. It might be one we deal with on this podcast. It's just um, I'm worried about the story, yeah. if I'm being honest. Yeah. Well, I'd like to see a really hardcore adaptation of the Greek mythology stories because they're very dark and they don't have like a a typical three-act structure or a moral story at the end. Like, you really sort of have to figure it out yourself. And that's like Noah, I felt. um, Like, that. I thought that was a really hardcore translation of the story because it's only brief passages. Uh, It's interesting, Aronofsky puts a very heavy environmental theme um, embedded into this story. Like, I, I guess God is unhappy with the way humans have treated Earth and he's punishing... Um, the humans for that uh, yeah, there's just that huge undertone there yeah um, Russell Crowe's character Noah says 
we only collect what we need yeah. and what we can use right at the beginning of the film and you're like oh okay i get it it's a it's an environmental tale I yeah getcha. what do they eat i guess they're vegetarians because i don't think they ate they meat. mentioned berries berries um, yeah so i mean it's got to be all natural stuff they're they're vegans they tell us about it you know <laughs> um just quickly the things that um darren aronofsky has directed let me just run you through this list 98 he did pi 2000 requiem for a dream 2006 the fountain 2008 the wrestler 2010 black swan 2014 noah wow that's not i thought he did heaps more than that no that's it it's yeah. become hugely iconic in six movies hasn't he yeah I-, I haven't seen black swan i heard that's actually pretty good yeah um there's, there's things i like and things i don't that's it's it's a very good movie um I, I don't think i should get into it here <laughs> <laughs> he's he's uh, an incredible talent i, I think he's uh very just for hearing him in interviews he's very intelligent and seems to like any material he daps to film he approaches it with his full craft you know he doesn't half go halfway or anything like that i did feel with the fountain though i didn't i personally didn't like it but it's hit a chord with a lot of people um i, I had a friend who lost her father um she actually passed away recently um and she was telling me how much that film meant to her the spiritual element of that movie um really meant a lot to her and i I didn't see that personally maybe i have to go through a big traumatic experience to see that but it's hit a chord with a lot of movies he's tapped into sonic with that film i heard he's Mm -hmm. got had a lot of budget constraints with that movie and that's why it became what it is but huge respect to hugh jackman for that performance just as a side note and I think yeah, Noah, um, um, yeah, it was an interesting take. <laughs> oh, just quickly on the fountain, yep. um, Brad Pitt was walking around with a giant beard for a long time, yeah. and he was doing the he was going to do the fountain. Yeah, so that's what I heard. But when he left, they lost a lot of budget um, for that movie. Yeah, yeah, they would have sure. Yeah. Anyway, I guess we should stay on Noah, another <laughs> bearded epic. <laughs> um, so he sees those weird dogs at the beginning. Uh, the weird dog that the guys are chasing. Yeah, it's like a snake armadillo slash dog, yeah. There, there seems like there'd probably be lots of creatures that didn't quite make it yeah. onto the ark, but... Um, or is that the creature that Ray Winston kills later? It could be, uh, but I think he killed a type of bull. No, he killed a snake, yeah, and a type of bull or something, yeah, with horns. Okay. Um, so then Russell Crowe has to defend himself, and he kills a bunch of dudes, like the three guys who are going to kill him. Yep. So I guess killing in self-defense is still not a sin no i I guess not this is a bit of a gray area yeah yeah the the world is interesting like i couldn't believe this is the same world as the bible like even the stars the the like just the landscape looks so different and i think there was a big shot of the world at the beginning where the whole country was one and we hadn't split off yet like to australia to america or anything like that that was really interesting does that kind of that that made me think it's about evolution though too yeah like because you know we've obviously evolved they showed shots like this big sequence of um creatures moving onto the land and stuff like that and there were hints of like darren aronofsky saying it's evolution yep but but then the whole story is like noah and his family are going to be the last people unless they repopulate the earth yeah and yeah, it's and such a if- hard story to adapt because righteousness is the big center at the at, at that whole part after the flooding like whether he should wipe out 
uh humans you know by killing the two last girls y- you know it's it's sort of subjects that's beyond our understanding it's just like well geez I, I don't think any human has been put in that position you know like it's just such a interesting take and I th- that's why I think it's huge credit should be given to Russell Crowe because he just seems so believable that he has to bear this judgment you know upon him and he has to decide what to do it's it just seems so believable it, uh, it did yeah, yeah. I mean Russell Crowe is the best thing about this film yeah the Director of photography's name is Matthew Libertique, and um, I recognised him in the credits because I've seen a few films he's shot, uh-huh. including uh, Phone Booth and um, Black Swan. And generally, I like what he does, but there were these chase scenes where the camera is running with the person. Yep. Um, that kind of annoyed me a bit. I was just a bit sick of that. Whenever he would run, and then the camera would sort of run too. Um, do you mean the handheld part of it or yeah it sort of took me out of it a little bit like you're sort of third person running with the characters you know reminds you you're watching a movie a little bit i like the um how it's that speed up view that it did like it just seems like a thousand photos being put in front of your eyes yeah it did it seemed like almost claymation yeah i i like that um yeah it just seemed so dreamlike it was oh it was incredible I've uh, got notes in front of me from when I watched the movie, and one of the ones I wrote was, wow, that Connolly baby is well-behaved. Because <laughs> that kid did not cry, <laughs> yeah. didn't need to breastfeed. You know, I-, I have a two-year-old, so I've just been through this crucial age, which is being portrayed in the film, you know, with these little kids. Um, and that baby would have been crying at some point, i yeah. got to say, especially they went on a big journey to see Anthony Hopkins' character. Yeah, that's right. And, and when you see Anthony Hopkins, yeah. so he was Methuselah. Yeah, the old, oldest correctly. man on earth or something like that. So he'd be a sorcerer-like person, I guess. And he helped the fallen angels. And they show that flashback where he has a massive fire sword. Yeah, I, I don't know anything about the Watchers. Apparently, they be, they're, not, they're not mentioned in Genesis, but they're mentioned in some other religious book. I, I'm assuming everything in this is based on some biblical story, just knowing Aronofsky's work. But yeah, wh- wasn't that a cool story to tell? Like, if that story does exist, um, you know, does exist, wouldn't that be a cool story to adapt? Like, he throws this sword and this flame comes up. They've got, like, this weird technology um, in the film. Like, it's seems to be industrial as well because there's these gold things that they dig up from the ground yep. um, that they use to as fuel for fire so it sort of bespeak and they've got um some sort of metallurgy going on like s- some sort of technology with just with their weapons and he um the main bad guy um winston seems to have a, a fire launcher or f- whatever that flare gun that he sort of had at the the end um that, that's pretty interesting yeah, they've the men from Cain's uh, chain or bloodline have become industrial, and it shows them building up these sort of semi-modern structures. Yeah, you know, in these cities, in the flashes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I was wondering what happened to that fire sword. Why wouldn't just use the fire sword again? <laughs> it's a difficult. They put that in the TV spots and the trailers. You know. Really? Oh, um, okay. Cool. They put the shot of the sort of uh, the watchers, the fallen angels coming down as well. Looked like a whole lot of stars. Yeah. Um, so there's all these shots that are very iconic looking shots, cool looking shots that sell the movie really well. But they're sort of disconnected from yeah. anything, you know. Um, when we had that scene with Anthony Hopkins Lloyd. Yeah. 
Academy Award winning Best Actors meeting. <laughs> R- Russell Crowe, Anthony Hopkins sitting opposite each other, you know. Yeah. Um, Hopkins seems to be everywhere because, I mean, I just watched Thor 2 recently as well. Um, he, he does seem to continue to work. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that he's still at the caliber. I'm half Welsh, so I uh, I've got big ties. I'm a bit partial to him. I think he's a fantastic actor. <laughs> yeah, I, I I mean he wasn't in this a lot. Yeah, but he's just always very solid as well. But I think it's just his presence, you know, that it, it I guess it brings a sort of level to the of credibility to the film as a whole. Like, oh, we've got Anthony Hopkins, so we should be fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, Alexander had that problem too, didn't it? <laughs> Um, it's interesting the fast forwarding like a decade at a time I mean Noah seems insane until the trees all pop up basically Um, he's just saying this is what I saw in my dream the ultimate wet dream wasn't it Lloyd yeah my gosh where he's just soaked in a under the flood you know what I mean yeah Um, for some reason I found the most gory thing him stepping on blood and like looking at his feet, oh, I was just oh, like, yeah. <laughs> that happened a couple of times. Yeah. yeah, but it was one of those things where he, he, um, nobody really questioned him because he didn't talk to God. He just thinks he kind of saw a vision or whatever. It was nobody said, "Are you sure?" Everyone just blindly sort of followed him, yeah. which I found interesting. And I, I feel like his wife would have been questioning him more, but she was so dutiful up until the point where. And she says it in her monologue, Jennifer Connolly, who's worked with Aronofsky before. She says, I've followed you this far, Noah, but I can't follow you any longer, you know, later when he's thinking about killing some babies, yeah. um, which is always fun in a mainstream movie, isn't it? <laughs> well, particularly in this mainstream movie, as I said before, are those um, Dante-esque uh, images, just the people on those rocks you know, with the water bashing against them and they're all dying and a lot of them are innocent people as they emphasised in the ship and particularly that girl being trampled on. Like, and I was sitting next to uh, a middle-aged couple and I I don't know how many movies they've seen, they've been to, but (laughs) being exposed to that kind of imagery, I think it's a good thing. I think it's a... You know, it sort of brings us back to the, the the books of the old days, you know, like the fables of um uh red, little red riding hood where she'd be eaten by the um by the wolf because that teaches kids not to trust strangers we've sort of watered that down ever since then because you know you got to let kids watch sort of more gentle movies but the stories that we told our kids generations ago were very harsh you know there's mm. no joking about noah they they god literally like in the story god killed everyone but this family yeah, that's right. Um, it's very interesting you're linking it to fables. You love your fables and it does... <laughs> if you watch it like a fairy tale, it does sort of work, I think. Yeah. Um, you, you forget pretty quickly. It's You're watching this movie. It's packaged as a disaster apocalypse movie. Mm. You know, end of the world proportions kind of thing. And you can sort of ignore the God stuff enough, you know. And Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, I found it interesting they have that potion that puts all the birds and animals to sleep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, that was a clever writing mechanic, I thought, because you, you automatically think, okay, how are these animals going to exist in this ship? And then they just show them all being put to sleep. Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> and it's lucky that doesn't work on humans, isn't it? <laughs> Which... Uh was a problem I had with this movie. I would like to have seen the cities. Like, we only saw a brief, and there was more of a camp. Like, desperate people at this camp, like, um, trying to, 
you know, live in this military order and most of them are being killed off or whatever, like, I, I guess consumed or bodies of them being torn apart. It was very grotesque. Mm. But I'd like to see these cities that um, God, or the creator, I should say, this movie actually never says the word God, the creator, um, deemed uh, that it destroyed the earth, you know? I'd like to have seen that. Now, when uh, you're like this, Lloyd, when um, Russell Crowe puts on the hood and... Uh, Makes his way out to the people, yeah. You know, looking for wives for his sons. I guess um, that scene reminded me of Kenneth Branagh in uh, was it Henry? Yep, Henry the Fifth is when the king um, the goes fifth. out to see the people and he talks to them um, as a commoner just to see, you know, what people are saying, <laughs> the what what the normal um, soldier is talking about. Yeah, so that to see what the average person's doing out there. Yeah, that that is exactly what I saw that scene as. Wow. Yeah. It wasn't yeah, a terrible um, scene where they tear that goat apart. It's just the desperation of people. Um, yeah, really well it done. Was. You didn't need to see too much of it. It was just very brief. It was interesting that nobody tried to sneak on board the Ark before. Yeah. There's the heaps of openings. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, it's let's interesting talk- how it had to have a battle sequence as well. Like, it just the had Lord to have... Lord of the Rings. Yeah, it had to have that Lord of the Rings battle. I didn't mind it too much, but that's one of the scenes that got heavily criticised from the reviews that I've read. Like, oh, it has to have a battle, you know, but I, I didn't mind it too much. Let me ask you about um, Emma Watson. I mean, people love her as Hermione. I've never seen Harry Potter or a- okay. any of the how Harry did Potters. You- how did you find her? The girl who had the scar. <laughs> I thought she's a good talent. She's a good-looking girl, and uh, I don't know too much about her or any of the other um, uh, guys that were around her, the young guys, um, but I, I thought she did pretty well. The um, I've written here Lord of the Rings effects <laughs> on my notes. <laughs> but um, where they they take down the fallen angels, the watchers, and they, they start getting raptured back up to heaven... Yeah. You know, obviously, we've done a couple of Rapture-like movies. <laughs> Made me think of um, the Seth Rogen film. Uh, and the whole thing with Noah protecting the entrance to the Ark really reminded me of there's this video game for the Lord of the Rings Two Towers. Oh, yeah. Where, where Aragorn and whoever you're playing as, I guess, um, you're kicking down these ladders as the orcs try and climb up the walls. <laughs> and... Um, you just it's this endless fight of like people just keeping appearing and it really reminded me of that wouldn't wouldn't that it be sequence. awful if they made a video game of noah with that exact scene you know <laughs> you have to i'll be like oh that's horrible oh <laughs> uh, yeah i'd like to see uh ray winston yeah. um ray winstone whatever yep. however you pronounce his name as a uh, a good guy because i feel like he plays the bad villain guys too a lot. much. Yeah. <laughs> he does, doesn't he's, he? He's always in a he's Scorsese film. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I don't know. He's kind um, of is a good guy in uh, I think he was in Gangs of New York. I think he played No, no, he wasn't. No, that's a different guy. Sorry. <laughs> he wasn't he wasn't a good guy. No. No, no, he wasn't in, in Gangs of New York. That, that's that's Oh right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're thinking of Brendan Gleason. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um So look, I mean you've got the flood, all the heavy CGI, but it didn't last as long as it could have. I mean, it could have been sort of 2012 ongoing end yep. of the world type stuff. And it, I thought it was handled very well. Yes, absolutely. I completely agree. 
I, I just love the world this creates, like the images that you see in this movie. Uh, it was so unexpected. I did not want to watch this movie, to be honest, when you mentioned it to do it for the podcast. And I was like, oh, but when I heard the director's name, I go, okay. And then I went into the movie and I heard so much bad um, press about it, like through Facebook and people going, oh, how boring, how awful. And I watched this movie and I was so blown away. I, I just the world it created, that, that yeah. scorched earth, the, the watches, like, and how this ties into a biblical story and it's not like any biblical movie. Like, I'm just trying to think of all the biblical movies that have come before and I think this one is as good as them and stands out um, completely different to them as well. I think it's really well done. They've, they've done a really good job here. Yeah, and uh, the whole plot of her becoming pregnant with twin girls... Um, and Russell Crowe's character Noah saying, "In the moment of her birth, I will cut her down. Yeah. If it's, but if it's a boy, it's cool. You know, <laughs> he's he takes on this craziness so well. Mm. He seems insane when he has that wiry grey hair. Oh and he's yeah, climbing on, and he's got, got like a shaved sort of head." Um, yeah. and, and the beard and he's just eyeing them on the ship so they're in this ship with this complete madman. <laughs> yeah yeah you're absolutely right it really did have that effect yeah so that was all my favorite stuff where noah goes crazy on the boat <laughs> up to the point where he decides um because i mean i think you would you'd go stir crazy absolutely wouldn't you? yeah absolutely my, my only issue with the whole movie was tubal kane being in that boat I, I didn't think it needed to have that it would have been better just to focus on that part what you just said <laughs> yeah i mean it's cool that we've dealt with two boat movies in a row as well all is lost <laughs> and then noah how um, did they make so it to the land they did they get then they hit a rocky island and they smacked yeah, they sort of yeah <laughs> pushed up against land and then yeah. somehow they made it to land yeah um the one thing as well <laughs> let's just put it out there noah changes looks several times mm-hmm He's a young man at the beginning, or youngish with long hair and whatever. Um, he ages as he's building the ark. He's got a shaved head and a beard, and all the kids age up. Mm-hmm. But then at the end of the film, he's an old man. Yeah. And everybody else hasn't really aged, which I thought they could have put some uh, grey streaks in Jennifer Connelly's hair or um, cut the young boy's hair differently or something. How do you address um, the age issue? It'll, it'll be so hard. Like, if you were Aronofsky, like, how do you do it? <laughs> well, I mean, it's sort of... I think it's quietly saying what, what you were saying, that Noah is 900 years old or whatever. Sure, like, yeah. he's aging heaps and everyone else not so much. I, I can't explain it. The well, top. can you just explain this whole thing with miracles? I don't know. <laughs> well, why, did, why didn't the guys, the people who are building an army, why didn't they just build a boat or Sonic, you That's know, true. with all their technology? But a- anyway, I, I get it. I get it. Well, I guess they didn't know about the flood until it was too late because it took him... It was like 10 years. Yeah. To build the um, the ark, you yeah. know, so... Yeah. No, I was surprised at how much I liked it as well. Yep. Um, I recommend exactly people same. to go buy it. I'm going to get it on Blu-ray or go watch it at the movies because it's Sonic that you... Compared to all the mainstream movies that have come out in the decade, this one really stands out as different. I don't want to say it's the best one or the better of them, you know, but it's very different. The images you'll see in this film is unlike anything you've seen before. And it'll wipe your mind from uh, Russell Crowe's performance (laughs) in Man of Steel. (laughs) Or Les Mis, apparently. He's not very good in that. I still haven't seen it. Okay. I didn't mind uh, Man of Steel. (laughs) Okay. Well, it annoyed me. Yeah. Well, well, we've got a whole podcast. Yeah, yeah. We'll go back and listen to it. (laughs) You can find it at www.podmeifyoucan.com. 
Um, I just quickly wanted to mention our YouTube channel, which um, we find obscure films with uh, famous stars and we discuss them. And Lloyd, I tried to watch this film the other day for the YouTube uh, uh, show that we do, Pod Me If You Can TV, which you can find a link from our website. Mm -hmm. The, um, The thing was, like many films are available all on YouTube now. And I started watching this film. It's called Coming Soon, which is supposed to be like the female American pie. Yeah. And uh, it's got a bunch of sort of uh, female leads. And uh, Ryan Reynolds is in it as one of the love interests. And uh, Ashton Kutcher is in it as one of the love interests. It also has um, Spalding Gray and Peter Bogdanovich. Yeah. I think we've talked about them before. Mm -hmm. And I hated this movie (laughs) so much. It's in seven parts. And... I started watching it. I watched several parts. I won't say which one I finished with, but I noticed each one has less views and <laughs> it is not a good movie at all. <laughs> this is one of those things where I don't even think I can do it for the TV podcast. Oh, really? Wow, that bad. And we, just, we've just, seen some ugh. terrible movies as well doing that um, doing that web show and um, it's just interesting to hear you say, I, I couldn't finish it. Like that, It must be that bad. It's just that I don't want to. Yeah. I just... There's no way in. I'll tell you one thing. The the female characters... Um, <laughs> there's no way in. A, <laughs> That's great. Coming soon is a reference to sex for them. And, you know... Uh, this is one of those things where they're all high school students, but they go to parties. Their parents don't seem to be around. They all seem to live in fancy houses. There's a bit where one character's going to go to dinner with... Barbara Streisand and nobody bats an eyelid. It's the most unrelatable <laughs> kind of drivel. I just this is the beauty of our um, YouTube channel as well. I think that you we've got more than thirty episodes up there now. Um, each one has somebody famous in it, and it's a film that you probably haven't heard of before. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if people would have heard of Coming Soon from nineteen ninety nine, but anyway. Um, and so the beauty of it is that you you watch these little five minute type clips, and we explain the movie enough that you don't need to see it feel like you've seen it or uh decide if you want to see yeah. it based on on those reviews so um it's kind of the the opposite of what we're doing here with these 30 plus minute uh podcasts if yep. people are interested um we're approaching 100 episodes lloyd yeah i know of the uh the audio podcast too which is very exciting and um we're looking to get people's suggestions as to what we should cover in that 100th episode and um We'd love to hear from you on facebook.com slash podme if you can. And uh, if you can, leave us uh, some feedback, guys. We always appreciate it. Yeah, just go on Facebook and uh, we take requests as well. Um, anything, you know, so we can't wait to hear yeah, from you. Yeah, for sure. Always good to hear from people listening. So uh, we've got Noah this week and next week we're going to be doing Primer, which is a small film, completely different to Noah, but... Um, it's out on DVD, so if people are interested in watching it before the next episode comes out, Primer by director uh, Shane Carruth. Or Carruth? Yep. I, I'm not 100% sure. Uh, all right. Well, uh, that is it from us. Thank you very much for listening. And Lloyd, talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. All the best.